0: The Georgetown Hoyas are Big East Tournament champions and NCAA bound.
1: Coach Thompson, I know you love it, big fella. Hello, hello. Live from Loud 2, this is the first ever episode of The Towel, a Georgetown basketball podcast brought to you by The Thompson's Towel. I am your host, Armin Haritunian, along with my co-host, Bobby Vogel. Before we get into it today, um, I just want to introduce myself. Um, I am a sophomore here in the college. I'm studying economics. Uh, I've been a contributor here at Thompson's Tale for two years, both my years on campus um, or off campus, however you yeah, want to I call it. I guess however you want to call it. Um, the same thing now. Yeah, and uh, I'm from Long Island, New York, and I've been a Georgetown fan my entire life. Awesome. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Bobby
2: Vogel. I'm a senior in the SFS studying global business, originally from Yardley, Pennsylvania, which is outside of Philadelphia. Um, And I've been a Georgetown basketball fan my whole life. My mom is a member of the class of 97, um, and I've been writing for the towel for two years. So, Thompson's Towel, if you're unfamiliar, is a student-run Georgetown basketball blog, website, Twitter, kind of a multimedia company, if you will. All the above. You know? And what we seek to do is we seek to provide the student perspective on everything related to Georgetown hoops. Um, so Will Camardi founded the organization a, a couple couple years ago, and we try to deliver everything from the student perspective. Um, so we'd like to thank Casual Hoya for the opportunity to represent on uh, their podcast, Kente Corner, if you haven't checked that out. It's another great Georgetown basketball podcast. Um, they, they have some awesome content, great interviews, all that kind of stuff, um, as well as Casual Hoya in general. So. Of course. Uh, we're, we're just here to kind of talk about it from campus. We're here in the library on the hilltop, you know, right outside Healy Gates. So
1: We'll be all over the place. Yeah, without further ado, I guess we'll kind of jump right into it. Enough of the introductions. So Bobby, how does it feel to finally be getting back to the Capital One Center after, you know, a nice year and a half, two year hiatus?
2: You know, I think Capital One Arena really missed us. I mean, right? we're
1: coming back with some hardware now, too, which is big. Those I haven't gotten the
2: chance to check it. Is it in Tech? Is it in the Thompson Athletic No, Center? it's not yet. I Where d- is
1: it? I I think it's on a its media tour. It's it's making its way around the uh, country. Yeah, just like the Stanley Cup. Yeah, just like flying that. Flying around. You know, all the players get their day with it. Um, oh, yeah. But you saw those rings. Oh, they're nice.
2: Well, we're not going to talk about the score on them, but
1: the <laughs> rings are nice. The diamonds, they shine bright. Hey, clearly – Somebody in the athletic center and someone at this university wanted those to be the main thing and to show those off. And, I mean, being at Media Day, believe me, they showed them off. Did they look nice? They looked gorgeous. They were dressed well. Coach Crouch did a good job with them. I mean, they, I have to say, they were probably the most professional-looking program there. I mean, the Creighton guys were basically wearing T-shirts and sweatpants. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, uh, they... You know, you you got to dress well off the court to play well. I mean, why, on would, it.
2: why wouldn't you wear a nice suit if you're going to a media I don't know. I don't know. It's don't like know. fun, you know. It is fun.
1: You're in the you're in New York. So I you, you know what? But what I think exactly. But I think the suits are a good way to you know move us into the season. Have us have it a is. nice look. It's nice and professional. Exactly, yeah. moving us into the season. And you know, we had a good uh, a good preview from those guys. I mean, again, just being there, we got to hear from. Probably who are going to be the two biggest contributors coming into the season, Dante Harris and Don Carey, the newly crowned captain of this team, Donald Carey. It's true. Have we had a captain? I was not. up. I don't think there's been a captain not in the Ewing, Ewing era. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, since 2008. 2018? Uh, really? sorry, sorry, no. 2018. Okay, gosh, okay. Uh, Patrick Ewing has not named a captain, which oh. I think this goes to show the impact that. He expects Don Carey to have the season. And I think we all think it's coming. Don Carey, Dante
2: Harris, Amina Muhammad. I mean, even Jordan Riley and some of those freshmen. They're going to have big impacts. Everyone's going to be getting some playing time to start off the season. Yeah,
1: and another thing that Coach Ewing was talking about a lot at Media Day was it's still a work in progress with the playing time. I mean, when you're expecting your freshmen to have such a big impact, which I think they are, they're going to have to feel it out. Well, and let's not forget that our
2: Georgetown team from last year, Armin, lost to Navy oh, and least. then proceeded to win the Big East tournament in four games, not even three.
1: It's, it's a. a – I think people forget. We have time to iron it exactly. out. Exactly. There, yeah. There's always time. I think we can be a lot more critical when it gets to conference play. Absolutely. But I think at least for the first couple of games, the staff is going to – You know, take its time, evaluate its players, and, you know, see which freshmen are ready to compete at this level and which are going to need some time. Because the reality of college basketball at this point, uh, you know, right now is the fact that we're almost, I I mean, I hate to say this, maybe a hot take, maybe a hot take, but one and dones might be over. Or at least successful one and dones. Because experience at the college level now means so much. Again, I don't want to you know, harp on the the NCAA tournament loss to Colorado, but their entire team was made up of juniors and seniors. And we see how that translates into on-the-court play. They may not meet the most talented players. You know, they might not be the five stars and the, you know, the top ten recruits that some of these schools are getting, but they're the players who stick around and they're, you know, those are the ones who are going to contribute the most. So, you know, it's going to be, there's going to be a learning curve for this team.
2: Yeah, and we've seen it within our own program, too. I mean, some of our best contributors last year were Chudy Abile, Javon Blair, Pickett. I mean, in a way, the Georgetown Hoyas roster from last year, that was a, a decently old team, and they performed. It was very old. Well, and I mean, and we've seen the excitement, or at least Jacob and I, all the seniors uh, at Thompson's Town, at Georgetown, we've seen how fun it is to watch a youthful team, too. Uh, yes. Oh, in a is a great energy when freshmen get
1: going in Capital One Arena. But, I do not want this team to be anything similar to that team the it freshmen, won't be. their freshman year because I mean It won't be. I think also people forget in the McClung madness and everything that goes on with you know, their basketball careers after how you know, all those players become these uh, obviously they were good players and they got a lot of attention. But when they were at Georgetown, they I mean Patrick Ewing let them do whatever they wanted whenever they had the I mean they were players that needed the ball in their hand right and I'm hoping that you know Ewing decides that that's not the best idea not the best way to develop your you know hopefully the players that are going to lead your team to Big East Championships in the future and build the program because again it's probably I mean after losing your four you know top four scoring options it's going to be tough to come back from that obviously but, but we don't have to come back right away, No, no we don't. We can, we can we take can, some time. We season. need a place to jump off of, right? We need we need a, yep. you know, a, a a basis, whatever. Well, let's talk about that then.
2: Yeah. So how big of a deal? All right. It sounds like there was a secret Temple scrimmage. Um, not secret. so secret, given it has been reported by Jeff Goodman and kind of dispersed online. Who knows what the results were? There were some conflicting reports on the interwebs of the Hoya Twitterverse and various... Um, uh, talk boards um but with that being said i mean armin i don't know I, i'm hoping we get out of the non-conference with i mean there's one t there's two tiers really there's a very good tier and there's an okay tier what's great is we don't really have any of those meak teams there's not any well, really bottom bottom of the barrel everyone's kind of 200s in the ken um other than our top so i'm hoping we can steal a game or two against syracuse
1: San Diego State. Hopefully, go into South Carolina. Yeah, and South Carolina or TCU.
2: There. Those are the games where you don't—you really don't need to win them right no, now.
1: No, but those are going to be statement games if they can win. Yes, they're—they're going to prove that this team is better than all the analysts and all the national guys who have been talking down exactly. on what this team is going to be after you know all the subtractions and everything that's gone on. If they can go and grind out a couple of those good wins, yeah, – it really will show that this program is maybe not a Big East Championship contender, but they're going to be a team that teams won't want to play. All right, well, I got news for
2: you. I got, I, I got news for some of our listeners, too. Um, on campus, many students, if they know what they know about Georgetown basketball, they know we won a Big East tournament championship, and they know where we are returning Dante Harris. Yes. The casual fan on campus, the normal student, That's what they know. So I think the biggest game of the year will be that Dartmouth game. We need to set the tone with that Dartmouth game, have good student attendance, and then kind of roll out from there. Because if we win a couple of those games early and student attendance is good, that means so much more for this program than going above average in non-conference play generally. 100%. Because you have recruits coming back now. Amino Muhammad did not visit Capital One Arena during a regular season game at Georgetown University or at, in, at Capital One Arena. When you have recruits visiting on officials and unofficials and you have a better atmosphere, that may have been the missing piece for Georgetown. Yes. And we've been blessed now with the Big East Tournament Championship where you may just be able to su- like supply that for your
1: fan base. Yeah, I mean, exactly to what you said, people remember the fact that this team won the Big East Championship, not the fact that they lost to the Navy. Nobody cares I've, about that. People... I've,
2: Fans, The students don't... Or many students will know to note the Kudus Wahab departure and stuff yes. like that. But many won't.
1: I mean, I will bet you right now, if we were to go walk around the library... Again, we're sitting in the library right now, as good students would. As we are. Uh, if we were to walk around the library right now and just ask random people, which non-conference games did Georgetown basketball lose last year? I bet you they would look at us like we no, had three they have heads. have no idea. And
2: that's good. That's good because... Students will be talking. I mean, we're going to talk about it probably a little bit later. I think we're going to talk into some kind of student fan experience kind of stuff. But it looks like the fans will show out Exactly. This year. Exactly. Things should be good because guess what? Kids' parents, their siblings are telling them to buy tickets because they see that we just won the biggest Tournament Championship. They saw all the coverage from Ewing um, right after we won it. The sound bites are pretty magnificent. I'd Pictures try. of Dante Harris are awesome after he's won it. So. I think we got a lot going for us, Armin. I think we have reason for hope despite the pessimism that may be surrounding the program from some people always and from some people
1: only some yes. of the time. And you know what? The sky's the limit. The
2: sky is the limit, as we know. I mean, I, we learned that last
1: year. Yes. I, I think that if Patrick Ewing gets the right players on his team, yes. there's no saying what he can build and what yeah, this can do team it. can achieve.
2: Yep. All right. Well. We're going to kind of turn into our next segment, and it will be our first interview of the Thompson's Towel era. Um, Coming on shortly, we will have Jacob Vanderswag. All
0: right. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Bobby. How are we doing tonight? Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Well, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience, kind of what you do at Thompson's Towel? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'm Jacob. I'm the executive editor here at Thompson's Towel. been a part of the team pretty much since the beginning. Uh, so I do a little bit of writing, a little bit of editing, and now, I guess, uh, being the first guest on the inaugural uh, episode of the podcast. So excited to be here, uh, excited to be a part of something special.
2: We're thrilled to have you here, and Jacob's being a little master there. He does more than a little bit of editing. He does quite a lot of editing, Jacob's a pretty go-to editor for us. So, all right, first things first, how's the busing to Capital One? That seems to be a hot topic that you see a lot on Twitter and the internet,
0: you know, people complaining about the busing. So what do you, what do you have to say, Jacob? Yeah, I mean, the buses get a bad rap, there's a lot of complaints, and I would love to play games on campus as much as the next person, um, but for right now, uh, the buses are pretty damn good, uh, if I do say so myself. Um, my one recommendation is always take the first bus. You want to get the seats, the best seats, uh, which are going to be the ones on the floor, closest to the action, um, so definitely, when you have the chance, get on the earliest bus and uh, make sure you get there bright and, I mean, way well before tip-off.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of agree, and I I agree that the uh, complaints about the buses is a little overblown. Uh, The busing's not too bad. It takes, what, 20 minutes? You're on through Virginia, the Roslyn side. It's usually pretty late at night. Not a lot of traffic. Right. Um, But then you get to the game, and as you know, we have two classes of students at Georgetown who have not been to a home game at Capital One Arena, and we have another many years of alumni who have not been to a game in a long time. So, Jacob... Would you like to talk about what it's like to be at Capital One Arena in the year 2021 watching a Georgetown basketball game?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Let me just say, first off, uh, for those Georgetown students who haven't been to a game in person yet, the wait's almost over, Uh, less than a month till the first game. So uh, it's time to get excited. And uh, yeah, hopefully I can give a little insider knowledge on uh, how to have the best fan experience at Cap One. So the biggest thing, uh, like I said, is just make sure, try to get the best seats. Uh, So you kind of have two main sections of the student section. You have the kind of ground level, which is going to be on the floor uh, with folding chairs, and then you have the lower bowl, which is going to be a little further from the action. Uh, So if you can, make sure to get there on the floor seats, because that's always the most hype. Uh, Students stand for the entire game. Um, It's really just an awesome way to get involved and get excited about the team.
2: It's definitely a great atmosphere. And Jacob's right. The lower bowls, or the lower kind of section, that floor section's really nice. It'd be the equivalent of being on the ice if there were a Caps game. It's like that, that close to the court. Um, and it's right behind the basket. We've been to a couple of buzzer beaters at Capital One, and there's nothing better than a buzzer beater at Capital One when you're in that student section, especially the front part.
0: Truly, truly. Uh, I still remember my freshman year. Uh, the Providence game had the double buzzer beater. Um, obviously, it uh, brings back a few few tough memories, so we won't delve too much into that. But, uh, yeah, I'm not your psychiatrist. We'll <laughs> keep going. <laughs> but it was a great time, nonetheless, and hopefully we get a few more buzzer beaters this year.
2: Absolutely. Well, you know, there's always a halftime in a basketball game. People forget. There's always halftime.
0: This is true. The Jacob,
2: do you go-to beverage at halftime, perhaps?
0: Well, I have heard tell that uh, the Bud Light Lime Tallboys ah. are quite popular. But having myself uh, just turned 21 during the k- pandemic, um, looking forward to having my first drink inside the confines of Capital One Arena. So I'll have to see for myself if it lives up to the hype. Ah, very. I I too have heard that the uh, the Bud Light Lime is <laughs> a uh, a very delicious beverage. Though I can only uh, talk about the chicken tenders from first-hand experience. All right. There's more to halftime than just chicken, chicken tenders and Bud Light Limes. Right. We got uh, the halftime entertainment. Absolutely. Do you have any favorites? Least favorites? I mean, myself, I'm a, I'm a big Buckets for Books guy, Bobby. Buckets um, for Books. Although, I will say, uh, I think guys like, explained to kind
2: explain of to the crowd what Buckets for Books is?
0: Right. Um, so, th- for those of you who might not know, uh, one lucky fan from the student section gets selected to have the chance to win a free semester of textbooks from the Georgetown Bookstore. But... um. I will say I think the odds are a little bit stacked against the person who participates.
2: Interesting. Interesting. You're, you're not going to win buckets for books? You don't have a lot of faith in yourself here.
0: Well, I mean, you have 30 seconds to make a layup, a free throw, and a three-pointer. Sounds simple enough, right? But, but that sounds pretty easy, yeah. At the end of that, they give you one chance to make a half-court shot. I mean, are you serious? You have one chance to make a half-court shot after all of that, all this for a couple used textbooks.
2: Yeah, I d- mean, like Jacob's right. It's a, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a, it's a slightly egregious halftime like uh, event. You should win a free car, maybe <laughs> a million dollars, yeah, exactly. like,
0: <laughs> or your sure PNC Bank
2: is a sponsor. I wouldn't mind a blank check
0: yeah or just cover our tuition for a year like that seems far more realistic for making a half court shot and the unfortunate
2: thing is if you don't make it to the three point like to, if you don't make the three point shot because it's hard enough to make under pressure right the foul shot the the, uh, the layup and the foul shot and the three point shot like usually oftentimes contestants don't even get yeah, a chance that's to like the half less court than shot. a 50
0: 50 chance and like if you don't get to the half court shot like everyone's disappointed in the audience yeah you, d- you
2: like, would just want to see the half court shot gotta put on a show for the on a show. well jacob we have a lot to look forward to, even if, even if we're not coming home with some nice used textbooks from the Georgetown bookstore, you know. So, before we wrap things up, one last question. If there's one thing you're looking forward to the most, you know, coming back to Georgetown basketball, being there in person, what would it be for you?
0: I mean, honestly, it sounds simple, but just having fans back in the arena um, and seeing these guys play in person uh, is going to be incredible. Um, Dante Harris, the rest of these Big East champion Hoyas... They deserve to have fans cheer them on, and more than anything, um, I'm excited to see that happen this year.
2: Yep, same here. So, as always, Hoya Saxon, thank
0: you for coming on, Jacob. Thank Appreciate. you, Robbie. Hoya Saxon. <coughs> All right, our loyal listeners, we already
2: have a new segment alert. <coughs> All right, so we have a blind player comparison. It won't be totally blind because I will tell you, Armin, the first player here is Donald Don Carey. Okay. All right. New captain. Ready for some stats All Let's rapid fire? Let's hear it. So, his effective field goal rate, 60%. Pretty good. That's Depend. that's very good. 88% from the straight. Very solid. 49% from two-point land. A little low, but, you know, nothing crazy. I mean. And 45% from three. Now, we know he wasn't throwing up a ton of volume, but that's on 89 attempts. So it's that, not, that's not Not nothing,
1: not nothing. yeah. That's no. not
2: low. All right, I got another guy for you. He shoots 7% worse effective field goal rate, 3% worse from the free throw line. Same from two-point land. And 7% worse from outside the arc. You got any ideas? From a rival. Rival.
1: Rival. I mean. Not a Hoya. Colin Gillespie?
2: Not quite Colin Gillespie. But you're you're on the right track. He's that kind of rival. He's up there like
1: that. I don't know who who is it, Bobby? Who is it? It's Buddy Beheim, our best friend Bobby, ba- Buddy Beheim, not Bobby no, Beheim, not Bob. Thank God, he's not Bob. Yeah, let's
2: best friend Bobby Bancroft. <laughs> but Don Carey is better than
1: Buddy Bayheim in all those meaningful stats. See, but I'm not surprised about that. No, it's not shocking. I mean, I, Buddy definitely has a higher usage. I'm assuming because yeah, he's like almost got double the usage, but that's not insignificant. No, it's not. I, I mean, like. Buddy's the kind of player that will chuck up a million shots a game. He's going to make a lot, but he's also going to l- miss a lot more. The nice part about Don Carey is the fact that he does it with efficiency, and he contributes on other parts of the game. I, I was just talking to a Syracuse fan, and the one thing that he told me, because I, believe me, was pretty clear to tell him that I do not like Buddy Bayheim for that reason, but the thing that he said about Buddy Beheim that he does not like is the fact that... He, he can shoot, and that's it. That's it. He yeah, doesn't. He doesn't produce for the rest of the offense. Sure. He doesn't play defense. So these are the kinds of All things right. that that make players like Don Carey so valuable for this program.
2: Well, Armin, I mean, you're talking, you know, high volume shooter. Yes. Right. So yeah. I think Buddy Bay. How we've seen it, he's on the ACC either first or second team. I, I mean, who, uh, who ACC.
1: That? How about you know he got placed on the All American list? That's ridiculous. Which is crazy. Where's, Dan- right. where's Dante Harris? I got
2: another high-volume shooter for you. Okay, okay, let's hear him. Maybe just blind a little bit. He shoots 52% effective field goal rate. It's better from the free-throw stripe. 10% better from two-point land. And only shoots 32% from three. But that's on 222 attempts. So more attempts <laughs> that, than Buddy that, Bayheim. That, that's is a that lot. A bell?
1: I mean, Is he to the Hoy program? Ah, yes. M- our new friend, Caden
2: Rice. It is Caden Rice. Caden Rice... Isn't as far away from a Buddy Bayheim plug-in as you might expect.
1: Well, and I think the main difference between a Buddy Bayheim type player, not not we're not going to keep picking on him, but a Buddy Bayheim type player, and what we have in Caden Rice is Caden Rice isn't going to be expected to produce like Buddy Bayheim is. He's going to add that, you know, scoring from whether he plays the three or the four. He's going to add that scoring from behind the arc. He's going to be that, you know, yeah. uh, catch and shoot player. That's going to force defenses to play a little deeper and open up the inside for us. Well, that's huge because we have the distributors now. Exactly. I, mean, I think
2: of Mina Muhammad, and we know Dante Harris. Dante Harris' primary is a, role is distributing. He's, he's a tr- very true tremendous.
1: floor general. Yes. Which yep. opens up the opportunities for everybody else.
2: And I mean, people—it's—it's it's tough to say, but whether you whether you love Big Tim or not, he's a better distributor than Kudus Mahab. One hundred percent. was a black down low which I mean he and he was effective he was efficient
1: exactly but he didn't he was, pass it out he was very good but at the same time there were parts of his game mainly the passing which I mean we saw this in a bunch of the games the second he got the ball yeah. the defense could just converge on him which hopefully Tim will be able to also Ryan has
2: something and Ryan I'm sure will be a much better distributor yes, too. exactly yeah. all right I got a hot take for the year i don't know if you're here for this on day one but Georgetown Hoyas will be the best Free throw shooting team in the Big East, and here's why. Here's why. Don Carey, 88% from the stripe, 32 attempts. Caden Rice, 88% from the stripe, also 32 attempts. Wait, that's <laughs> incre- that's incredible. That's I, I missed that. I guess. Quite, I guess. they shot the same. In the quite same the
1: coincidence. Dante Harris,
2: 90% from the free throw line. That's 35 for 39 on the year. He did not miss a single free throw in the Big East tournament. Now. All three of those players had a better free throw shooting percentage than, I mean, we do love them to death, but Pickett, Javon Blair, Judy Abile, and Mahab. We are returning our three best three, uh, free throw shooters on the team back. That's huge. That's huge. That's, that's In a league like the Big East where you have 17 or you have 17 spots on Ken Palm separating the fourth best team from the Hoyas or 20, 26, whatever it is. That's, that's huge. It's massive.
1: Games are won and lost at the free throw strike. And in league again, like a league like the Big East, where everybody is so—I mean, I'm gonna not gonna say comparable, but very close skill-wise—and yep. the built- parity, parody. exactly. parity is the word of the Big East. Exactly, exactly. it's all about the parity. If this team can go about shooting, you know, free throws just at a better clip than all the other teams, we're going to be able to scrap out wins that we would not have necessarily seen our Georgetown Hoyas. Winning at the beginning of the season.
2: Well, it's critical, and I think you know. There's been a lot of talk that Georgetown's been. They were put at tenth in the preseason coaches poll, yes, and many of other. Of course, started from the bottom. National writers have put them around tenth, but Ken Palm. I don't know if you saw. They're at eighth,
1: which, which is, is fair. fair
2: because there's no reason that Caden Rice, Don Carey, Dante Harris, Aminu Muhammad, and whether it's Tiamig Uwefe or whoever else we have on the floor for that fifth spot. Can't compete. I mean, Marquette—they're—they're they're decimated.
1: Oh yeah, Creighton, brutal. Creighton lost everybody.
2: There's there's no reason Creighton should be ranked. No,
1: no. I I think everybody is hyping them up way too much. I think DePaul
2: could finish above. No, uh, no don't let's don't. Get a little aggressive Bobby, here. let's not get ahead of ourselves yeah, 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 yeah. here. That's a little brutal. But though. I I
1: you know I understand what you're saying. This I think a lot of people are overestimating the top of the Big East and underestimating uh, underestimating the bottom of it. Yep. And I think. It's going to come... I think
2: they're under- underestimating the Hoyas, though. Like, Creighton and Marquette yes, are at yes, the bottom, yes. but they should be even lower.
1: Well, actually, I take that back. They're underestimating yeah the Hoyas, and, and they're overestimating the teams like the Hoyas that might have some flashier players, but yep. don't necessarily have the players that will contribute like the guys the Hoyas have. The
2: guys that we have, it's true. And we know you know one contributor we had a couple years ago... Uh, Greg Malinowski, he's made some moves. Have you seen this? The
1: man with the legend? No, I did not. No? All right. Well,
2: you know the Swarm?
1: Oh, oh yes, I did see this. I did see okay. this. You did? Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, he said Greensboro, to the Charlotte organization. With?
1: with? with? Judy Abelay. Judy Abelay.
2: It's true. I don't know if you guys are ready for that. I'm talking to
1: you, the audience. The
2: <laughs> not to Armin, right now. I mean, it's to everybody else. I'm not ready.
1: And LeAngelo Ball. That could be what? quite the dynamic
2: trio. They better have some big baller brand shoes on. If if I don't see Greg Malinowski in some big baller brand shoes, rocking be, the
1: BBB, mm-hmm. I, I will be very disappointed. I would be very. I, disappointed. I and we know that Greg Malinowski can pull that off.
2: Now it's huge. It's a pretty big deal. And I mean I think it goes on to say, you know what? It reminds me of a uh, little quote that our uh, friend Amina Muhammad's guardian, uh, Mr. Sean Harmon, said on Twitter recently. It's uh, who you know. You see this? It's who yes. you
1: know. Yes. No. It it and. Do we know
2: anyone who might? I don't know if we know. Do so we don't know anyone tied into the Charlotte Hornets organization? Maybe. Oh, Could is there be somebody?
1: Oh, is it our head coach who was once oh. long-time assistant coach? That's interesting. It sh- it's it's Patrick. Wait, for, Charlotte, really? yes, for Charlotte, really? For Charlotte, right? It's Patrick. That's yeah,
2: very interesting, Armin. It's funny how things work like that. And it's where's yours? means? at the Heat, right? Yes. We, we don't have a the and Heat though, right? There can't
1: be any and the f- Miami. Washington, D.C., nothing in common. No,
2: no, no, no morning. No morning names.
1: Mm. In oh, that, that, name. that name sounds that very familiar. Yeah, I think it's
2: pretty familiar. There's something to be said about what Mr. Harmon is saying here. Ewing has connections. You may note he is the only member of the NBA Top 75 or All 75, whatever they call it, team, to be coaching college basketball at the head coach right now.
1: That speaks so huge to what this program China can enormous. become.
2: I was very happy Penny Hardaway got snubbed.
1: I I love that. Uh, But I think the biggest thing about that is the fact – I mean, I just remember after the Hoyas won the Big East Championship, Patrick Ewing was talking about how Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, the list goes on about players, former players, former greats, Hall of Famers that were calling him to congratulate him and the team. I cannot think of many other programs that can – talk about let's well, say that
2: you know his connections run deeper than even some George really? fans realize really yeah. let's i've hear been it. holding on to this this kind of note for a while
1: bobby let's hear maybe it maybe
2: it's more public than i realized but
1: i i mean let's we hear y'all
2: know pickett got snubbed in the draft but we'll be making a beautiful almost 500 grand a year playing on a two-way roster yes. for the detroit pistons my new favorite team yeah, well, tw- well, I don't know if I go that far. But, yeah, <laughs> we, we are hoping that the Detroit Pistons either blow out their opponent or get blown out in every game this regular season and the postseason. But their head coach, Dwayne Casey, has a pretty kind of, kind of funny Patrick Ewing connection. Really? Yeah, he, he actually well, – you, you'd be surprised what team it connects him to with Ewing. It's actually the Seattle Supersonics. When Ewing was a player – on the Seattle Supersonics from 2000 to 2001, Dwayne Casey was an assistant coach. It's funny,
1: right? It's it's who you know. It's
2: almost like, you know, you see Dwayne Casey seeing all these praises, you know, about, about Ewing and the pro style that he's running and how pickets already. And uh, didn't realize that, no?
1: We might be seeing the beginning of a trend here.
2: Mr. Harmon, I think you're onto something. I think you are. It is who you know. It's big. It is who you are as a player, of course. That's stuff all matters. Of course. You know, being good at basketball might help a little bit. Talent helps,
1: but... It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Patrick
2: Ewing I as your head coach.
1: I think sometimes us as fans forget who Patrick Ewing actually is. We do. I mean... I think that's kind
2: of a good thing or a bad...
1: I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, just, just because I, I think it gives him somewhat of an excuse yeah. for what goes on, on in the program. But also, like... He's Patrick Ewing. He's yes. doing stuff behind the scenes with the people. Again, the people he knows that none of us will ever realize, hear about, think about. It will not cross our minds that this, this man is playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers.
2: Well, I mean, and if you really sit back and think about it, the Pickett, Yurtsevin, even b and Malinowski – the fact that they are all on NBA rosters or G League teams is a li- is very very impressive. Greg Malinowski was an unranked transfer from William and Mary who played two years or one year at dorset Two years. Two, two years, right? Yes, two years. All right. Omer Yurtsevin was he, what is he 24 right now? He's a, he's pretty old yeah, right now, Yeah, and he's he's on a roster. Yes, you know. And Pickett, as well, played four years in college and is on a—I mean—he's on a two-way contract, which is as close he can be. But you know, I mean, he's—he's he's, he's
1: currently sitting. Those in Those aren't a,
2: situations yeah. where players typically get, you know, offers like that. No, and there not are. Well. I mean, Mac McClung is on a practice squad. Akindu still on college. I mean, you've seen what what's happened to some of the other transfers. Like Ewing has the ability to pull strings. I mean, he may not be as sexy right now, in kind of showing it off at the collegiate level live. But he's making those moves to college, and there's a reason that Aminu Muhammad is a Georgetown Hoya. He's 100%. bought into that
1: system, and he's ready to go. And I think as as Patrick Ewing continues to, you know, coach this program, build this program, we're yep. going to see a lot more of that. Oh, you better be ready. You better be hey, ready. Hey, ready. I it's ha- coming, guys. I have three more years on this campus. I have one. I'll be in D.C. though. I'll be you'll you'll, you'll be here. You'll yeah. you'll be able to see it. But I will I will be seeing it first. You'll be
2: seeing it a lot. More. Absolutely, but and things are—I mean, the Dar- Dartmouth is going to be big. People better show up for that. Not that the people who are—if you're listening to this podcast and you can come, you're probably already coming. You so. should, and you should come. You should come. I love what the athletic office has done, or the ticket office has done. I, right you last. know what?
1: I, I don't think enough people have realized that. No, I don't
2: think the program's plugged in enough. And maybe it's a little intentional. They want people to buy well, season of course, tickets, of and they're going to kind of plug it last minute. Because I could get that. I mean, I mean, if you want, all right, a thousand uh, student season tickets were sold. Two weeks ago, I think? As of two weeks ago? Yes. Because it was yes. with a month left, I think. Yes. I heard... I don't even remember from who. So this, this could be completely wrong. But I did hear that there were 950 tickets sold before the 2018-2019 season. And we already had surpassed that as of two weekends.
1: I mean, just the fact that people are showing up to football games. Huge. Huge. I mean... It's psycho. I, again, I... I'm you don't th- even understand how crazy that is. No, because is. I, I was never, you know, able to go to football games as a student before that. And I never was on campus before that. But... Just the fact that I'm seeing our football team lose badly and people are still filling up the stands at Cooper—it's
2: ridiculous. Well, I, we're, I'm very good friends. Shout out Matt Hollensteiner, great football player on the Georgetown program. That program, our freshman year, had no fans. No. And any, anybody can attest to this. No. of course, if they were around the hilltop during that time period, but since they've since the COVID, since COVID hit, and we basically have two classes of freshmen, like Armin yes, and like some me. others these kids don't understand that those games were empty or that soccer games weren't filled to the brim. Like, we have s- f- sold-out soccer
1: crowds. I mean, Parents Weekend. I took my parents to the soccer game on Parents Weekend, and we could not find seats. You can't. It's ridiculous.
2: No. And, and granted, I understand that people may find this hard to believe, but it's, it's just the fact that these new students don't understand what quote-unquote games should be like, The football games quote-unquote shouldn't have a lot of fans. I, I, they have lots of fans now. I think. A fact.
1: The students in my class and the students in the freshman class saw all their friends at other schools, the big southern schools, and see how seriously they take it, how seriously they take their sports programs and attending their games. And are now saying, okay, I feel – I mean, like, not knowing what happened before COVID, this is what college sports should be like, and they're trying to emanate that.
2: Here. It's not even like I don't even feel like it's a large part of its effort. I no. think it's just they no. all think that We'd, these are just this is just how it is. Exactly. Because it's we, we're not exaggerating. The new football stadium, which is a beautiful it's new gorgeous. stadium, it's very yeah. it's very nice. They got rid of kind of the old construction on the other side and all that. They've done a very good job with it, and it was packed for the Harvard game. In the game, since it has been completely full, but it's it's had decent it's, attendance.
1: It's been more full than it had been in the past.
2: And you know what? Doesn't hurt. When your soccer team's first or second in the country, your men's soccer team. When Your women's team's right up there, too. Yeah.
1: No. The no. George, uh, the shout out to my friend Lee Reed, doing some wonders for the athletic program, and who knows where it can go.
2: It helps. And it's they, the c- there couldn't be better seasons for this to be no. happening. No. It's perfect. Good. It's you perfect. know,
1: soccer is a great lead-up into our basketball season.
2: Soccer and football, both. I yeah. mean, there couldn't have been a better season, probably, to debut in new no. stands as well. So Not at all. We hope and expect everyone to be there. If you haven't bought your season tickets, please do so. They're relatively inexpensive and worth it, even if you just go to the Syracuse and the Villanova
1: games. Hey. But hey, ninety nine dollars. Ninety
2: nine dollars. A lot of basketball games in a season, Armin. Lots.
1: Lots. So it's worth it.
2: Uh, we hope you keep buying those up. And if you're a normal, if you're just a, an alumni or a, stu- or a fan or a local fan, kind of a Georgetown and Hoya well, I mean, fan through and through, and come have fun brands. with us. Yeah, it'll be real. And also, the s- the s- uh, ticket office did something else pretty smart. I don't know if you saw this. They are having season ticket holders opt in to the non-conference yes, I did. games. Because if you happen to have watched television in the last few years, Georgetown basketball games can look, how do we put this, sparse? Sparsely populated? Let's, let's be nice. Let's be nice. Yeah they, yeah, they don't always look great on TV. And even when there are a decent number of fans in the bowl, they get kind of spread out yeah. and it loses yeah. the whole feel. Um, but what the ticket office has done is you're going to have to opt into those non-conference games. And what that does is it will allow them to kind of pack people closer to the court so that especially on TV because let's be honest that's where most fans are watching yes, first-time yes. games. Yes. I mean
1: I I just know from the alumni base, right? Most of them are New York, California, wherever. They're not in DC. They're all watching on TV. Also, yeah. you know, being on Fox or Fox I, Sports I mean, I think help people a yeah, yeah, people are mostly watching on TV. And, and I've, I
2: yeah, I have a gut the program is going to bump the Dartmouth because truly, just like football, if the tone is set from with the that beginning. first basketball game with yes. that Dartmouth yes. game, if people see videos on social media and whatnot, of the crowd being solid, that will carry on. Students will buy season tickets from that point, and there will be a good, a good energy going into the season, I believe. I firmly believe that.
1: Georgetown basketball will become the dominant sports program and sports, you know, just environment in D.C. I mean, and who again. knew you needed COVID? No. Who knew? Maybe you, no. didn't,
2: maybe you didn't hurt us during the COVID. You I mean, fans sh- anywhere, a little bit, but... You uh, know, kind of worked a little magic there, but... You guys better be ready. So, we look forward to seeing you all out there. I'll see ya. Yeah, always actin'.
1: Hey, everybody. Armin here. Thank you so much for listening to The Towel, a Georgetown basketball podcast presented by Thompson's Towel. If you like what you heard, or you have any suggestions please feel free to hit us up on our socials, at Thompson's Towel, across everything. Hoya Saxa.